Good afternoon and welcome. I'm sitting here on my patio at our condo here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. If you don't know where Kalamazoo, Michigan is, you're right smack in the middle of Chicago, Illinois, and Detroit, Michigan, with this little small town in West Michigan, full of people that are friendly, hospitable, and Christ-like. And we're a city that is pretty multicultural in nature. So that's where we live. My husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr., and myself, our adult children, our, uh, a few of my brothers and sisters, and a few relatives live in the city as well. So we want to welcome you once again to the Lotus Flower Podcast. This afternoon, I have a special announcement that I'd like to bring to you. However, I want you to know that last week was an amazing week for the Emerging Hope Ministries. It was just an amazing time. Why? Because we were able to return back to one of our ministries that we had been doing over the last 20 plus years. And it is an urban camp ministry that we started quite some time ago. So I'm going to go ahead and read you the post that I put out on Facebook after we returned from this amazing camping experience. It says, last night, so that was on Friday evening, this past Friday evening, we returned from an amazing week-long ministry residential camping trip. We were tremendously blessed by being able to reacquaint ourselves with our Christian camp family, build new relationships, participate in community-wide urban service opportunities, minister along with and to youth campers and millennial camp counselors, fellowship with like-minded pastors, participate in worship and Bible study, right at a beautiful campfire each night with the Lake Michigan as the backdrop. Just a beautiful time. We were able to also go on an excursion off campus to Michigan Adventure where the children and the my millennial adults convinced me to ride all of these scary roller coasters and I did and I had an amazing time. Also, we were able to go on another excursion off campus to Lewis Petting Zoo and it's like a zoo on steroids. I don't get you here. The zoo had more than just animals. It had hay rides. It had a, a long slide slide that you slid from at the top all the way down this long mountainside. It had places where you could eat. It had places where you could walk through and look at the exhibits of the animals. It just was a very interactive place. And it also had a beautiful store that had baked goods that were freshly baked and made there at the store, along with apple cider and along with other specialty types of teas and coffee drinks, as well as juices. It was a wonderful time there at Lewis Petting Zoo. And then we also were able to help in the kitchen. We served. Our ministry served in the kitchen because we had an excellent cook that actually is on staff there at 
Living Water Ministries in New Era, Michigan. She has been on staff there for many years and she is a cook that throws down. And so after she made meals from scratch, both breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the adult leaders from different ministries all over Michigan and in other states, we all volunteered and took shifts where we washed dishes, we swept and mopped the lodge floor, we put away the dishes, and we just helped around the camp wherever we could just to give back and sow into the beautiful ministry of Living Water Ministries. Living Water Ministries is a ministry of Stony Lake Lutheran Camp. The Emerging Hope Ministries has partnered with Living Water Ministries for over the last five years, whereby they have provided generous scholarships to our ministry youth ages 5 to 18 at no cost to attend one week of free residential camping on their property. However, due to the pandemic, we were away from camp for a period of two years. And so it was so exciting to be back this past week. However, since the pandemic started, my husband and I prayed about it and we decided that we were going to end our Urban Youth Scholarship Program. However, we still wanted to have the opportunity to go back to Living Water Ministries Camp and be there to serve the youth that were coming from all over the state and into other states as well, serve there and just be a light and a witness and enjoy the beautiful campgrounds. And so we were able to do that at no cost because the director of the camp, CJ Clark, and the board of directors decided to make camp free for anyone that wanted to attend this camp season in the summer of 2022. So we actually were given a whole week of camp for free, free trip to Michigan Adventure, a free trip to Lewis Zoo. It's just everything just was so generous. And so I'm here to let you know that we are embarking on a campaign with the Living Water Ministries to raise $2,000 as a camp leader. We'd like to be able to reach out to our social media networks, family, friends, and loved ones to help us to reach the goal of raising $2,000 so that we can donate that back into the Living Water Ministries and provide free camp scholarships for any youth that might want to attend that program in the year of 2023. So you'll be hearing more about that in the coming months and weeks from our ministry. I also would like for you to know that Emerging Hope Ministries, we have had started our urban youth summer camp program some time ago. Over 20 plus years ago, I was a divorced single parent. And I was gravely concerned about my children's academic well-being, especially during the summer months when they would take breaks from school. 
Now, research confirms that all students lose some ground when they are away from their academic settings during summer breaks. However, African-American children, they especially lose ground in terms of reading and writing. So without question, I thought to myself, what can I do to ensure that my children continue learning even when out of school in the summer? What can I do to enhance my children's social, emotional well-being during the summer months? So as I sought the Lord and thought about it and prayed about it, I felt the Lord leading me to reach out to summer camp programs in Michigan to seek summer camp scholarships for my children to attend their programs. At that time, being a single mom, I had a limited income. Although I was a professional at that point, I still had a limited income whereby it didn't afford a lot of extra things to participate in a week-long residential summer camp program. So with that in mind, reaching out to the other camps in my area for summer camp scholarships, I was so blessed and grateful when many of them said, yes, we have scholarships that we can offer your children to attend camp at little or no cost at all. That was over 20 plus years ago. And from that experience, the Lord led me to send my children to camp over 10 plus years at little of no cost. Not only did they go to camp, but they became children that were leaders at many of the camps. They were taken on excursions to North Carolina, to Kentucky. They went, they went white water rafting. They participated in going through the tunnels and going to see stalactites and stalagmites inside of the gigantic waterfalls and gigantic tunnels that ran underground in Kentucky. My children were exposed to so many things that they wouldn't have been able to do had it not been for those summer camp scholarships. I kid you not, I told my son, he went on an excursion with one of the camps and they, they were um, on at a waterfall in Kentucky. And the waterfall was way high up in the air and it was a cliff where the young adults, the children and the youth were able to actually jump off the cliff down into the water and splash off and swim away. Well, when I learned about it, this high cliff that my son had actually jumped off of and flipped a few times backwards into the water and swam away like a fish, I said, Jermaine, if you ever do that again, I am going to actually kill you before you die in the water because it, it scared me when I learned about how high he had jumped off this cliff. But at the same time, I was so proud that he had an opportunity to do something like that and to be courageous enough to build himself up 
his self-esteem was built up so high. So going to the summer camp programs really enhanced my children's well-being and it helped them to build up their self-esteem and it helped with their social emotional learning even throughout the entire time that they were children growing up. They went to camp and I am so grateful for that. So what the Lord had me to do, he said to me, not only do you take what your children were given as a gift of camp and benefit from it yourself, he said to me, I want you to take what you have been given and I want you to turn it into a ministry for urban disenfranchised youth, especially those of color, black and brown people from single parenting homes. And so I was able to start a summer residential camp program and not only residential camp, but also neighborhood camps in our area. I reached out to the directors and I asked if they would be able to partner with the Emerging Hope Ministries to pour into the lives of children so that they could attend camp at no cost or maybe just a little amount that they could afford. And I kid you not, those camps were so welcoming. They were so willing to help the youth in our ministry. Many youth, I kid you not, over a thousand youth over the last 20 plus years have benefited from the Emerging Hope Ministries summer camp program. I was so excited that yesterday I was shopping in the local Walmart and I ran into two of the campers and the camper's mom at the Walmart and she, the mom came up and she just gave me a big hug and she was so excited to see me. Now, Kit, I have not seen the mom in over four years, but the impact that the Lord allowed me to make on this woman's life and on her children's life is lasting. So she said, my kids are here. Here's my daughter and here's my son. She said, my son is 16 now and he has peach fuzz on his chin and a mustache. I said, he does? And she said, yes, he's right over there. And she said, "He." I said, is he staying out of trouble? Is he doing good things? She said, oh yes, he's staying out of trouble. He's a good boy. He has good grades in school and all. He's a scholar at school. And she said, my daughter has two jobs. Her daughter is 17 and she has two jobs and she's working, she's doing well, she's loves school, she's obedient. And she, the mom told me that I truly believe it is because of that camp experience which helped my children to build their self-esteem and to know that they can do all things through Christ that strengthens them. I was so, so excited the gift of camp. Also yesterday I saw and was able to hug on and take a picture with another one of the campers. I was attending her mother's graduation open house and farewell party. And uh, her mom has completed nursing school, passed her nursing exams and is moving to another state. And she told me that her daughter is now entering into high school. She's doing well. She's excelling in school. She's a good student. She's obedient. 
She's kind, loving, and helpful, and she's a leader. This young lady, when she came to camp, she was one of the star campers. I called her a star camper because she was a born leader. She was kind. She was obedient. She took the other young kids under her wings and showed them the way. She was no trouble at all. She was so warm, so welcoming, and so embracing. And I knew that her mom, which was a single mom, going to nursing school full-time, working full-time, raising her daughter as a single mom. It's several years ago when she came to our ministry to seek out a summer camp scholarship to send her daughter. And I said there was something different about that mom and that daughter. They were so resilient, so loving, and driven. And so I thank God that we were able to make an impact, not only on those two families' lives and those children, but over a thousand children over the last 20-plus years under the umbrella of the Emerging Hope Ministries Urban Summer Camp Program. I thank and praise God for it. And I also thank and praise the Lord that he allowed us to not only make an impact on the families, but he made helped us to make an impact on the directors as they participated with us and they got to know us as people of color. Many of the directors were people that were Caucasians that they hadn't worked with people like us before and we became friends and they appreciated us and they learned about our culture and we learned more about their culture and we are many of us are still friends to this day what a blessing what a blessing that god can do and so i just wanted to come on this afternoon and share with you that i had really went before the lord and prayed so hard along with my husband reverend curtis as to whether or not we should take a two-month sabbatical away from the ministry. And it wasn't an easy decision that we had to make. But we thank and praise God that we're at a place in our ministry that we're able to afford to do that. Nothing's wrong. We're sound. We have sound mind emotionally sound. We're at the most happiest time in our lives, having just celebrated 10 years of marital bliss. We are loving life and loving one another and loving ministry. However, the Lord told us that it was okay. It's okay to take a break. Jesus even went away and he rested and he came back and he began to work again. It's okay to take a sabbatical. So our ministry at this time, under the validation of the Lord Jesus Christ and having been blessed by him and having been sanctioned by the Holy Spirit, we are moving into our sabbatical time starting Monday. Starting Monday, we will be going on a 60-day sabbatical. A sabbatical is a time of rest. Not only is it a time of rest, yet and still it is a time where people actually will take on a major project 
that they hadn't been able to do when they were operating in ministry. So some people might go away and write a book. They might go away and begin to start completing their dissertation. They might go away and still away to the Lord and seek out new direction for their ministry and for their lives. The Emerging Hope Ministries, however, like I stated, will begin our sabbatical on August 1st through October the 1st. At that time, no content will be published on the Lotus Flower Podcast, the Lotus Flower Book Club, or on the Emerging Hope Ministries Empowerment Hour broadcast. The break will afford us the opportunity to extend a time of rest that we might need for one another. We'll be stilling away and going on a vacation, just the two of us enjoying each other's 10 years of marital bliss. We'll be asking the Lord to renew our spirit and prepare us for the next season of ministry. We'll be spending time studying God's word and seeking his face. We'll also be preparing for our future service as we prepare to transition to the beautiful state of North Carolina, respectively the Raleigh and Durham area as the Lord takes us there as we retire there next summer. So we'll be preparing for that move as well. Also, I will be studying for a major state exam, the ASB, ABSW exam. It is ex an exam that social workers take to become fully licensed. I am going to be studying over the next two months on a very crucial exam. The exam is very rigorous, comparable to a bar exam. It is an exam that you sit for four hours and you take and you take this exam under a great deal of stress and a great deal of pressure. Yet and still the Lord lifts the pressure and he lifts the stress. But in preparing for the exam, it takes a lot of rigorous study. It takes two months of study to actually master this exam that I'm going to prepare for. So every day I'll be spending at least three hours per day over the next 60 days studying for this clinical exam, whereby I will receive my full licensure as a clinical social worker in the state of Michigan and in the state of North Carolina, where I'll be practicing at as well. However, in the meantime, I have put my private practice on hold, the Emerging Hope Christian Counseling, and I have taken a shift to begin life coaching. So in the meantime, 
the Emerging Hope Christian Counseling website during the sabbatical will be revamped. It will be revamped to include life coaching. Life coaching operates very similar to therapy. However, it looks more at your practical things such as looking at different behaviors that you might have that need to be corrected. Looking at how you go into work and interact with your co-workers and how you're able to matriculate through different systems at the job. It looks at how you are thinking and your thought processes in order to help you to correct some of the maladaptive thoughts that you might have. Now, coaching is not only for adults, but it's also for children as well. I have already started coaching several adults and children, and we'll be going full swing with that coming October. In the meantime, we have our marketing person that's working on marketing materials, flyers, helping to revamp the websites, helping to revamp the Christian counseling platform so that we can offer that coaching to you as well. So we're going to be shifting a bit and you'll see some of the flyers, you'll see some of the advertisements and we want you to get on board. Now, a good thing about coaching is coaching you can offer throughout the United States and globally. So I will be having clients not only in Michigan, but I'll have clients that will be global, that will be able to benefit from the coaching that I'll offer. And you can also participate in coaching without having to take on a mental health label. I know many of us are so concerned, especially people of color, with having a mental health label. So with coaching, you don't have to go through an insurance company. It's private pay. It's out of pocket. So with it being private pay and out of pocket, it makes it a little bit more palatable so that you can participate a bit more freely. So there are people under the sound of my voice that need help, but you don't want to seek out traditional therapy. So if you don't want to seek out traditional therapy, you can seek out coaching. And coaching will provide you that, that support that you need in your life. And it will be done without having to utilize your insurance company or your insurance benefits. And so you will be able to pay a flat fee out of pocket. I'll also have several groups that I'll offer for coaching as well, whereby we will meet over the platform of YouTube, or we might meet over the platform of Restream that I'm on now, or maybe on Zoom, and we'll have a group platform as well. So get ready for the new and improved Emerging Hope Ministries Christian Counseling slash Emerging Hope Ministries Coaching as well. 
So the Lord is shifting us and we are super excited about that, how he's revamping the ministry and how he's allowing us to shift and allowing us to take that two month sabbatical so that we can come back to you even in a more improved and efficient way. We solicit your prayers as we are on this sabbatical. Pray that the Lord would bless us with a fresh touch of his anointing as we move forward into greater ministries. My husband, the Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr., has fully retired from work. So in his retirement, he is getting prepared to launch some new ministry efforts. And I won't tell you what those are because I will allow you to tell, allow him to tell you himself as he prays and seeks the Lord's face. I thank and praise God for a man of God that supports me in all of my efforts, and he is the wind beneath my wings, my husband. I love him dearly, and I am super excited about the new exploits that the Lord is allowing him to prepare even as we speak. Also, I want you to know that as we're on sabbatical, I am going to write my last two books. I'm going to not write them completely. However, I'm going to begin the process of gathering the materials for the last two books that I'm going to write. The first book will be a book about my family, my immediate family from being born and raised, born in Cleveland, Ohio, to a mom and dad, whereby my biological mom passed away when I was, I would say about two and a half years old, leaving behind seven children from the ages of my youngest brother, Greg, at that time, had to be one. And we had, my sister Patricia was 14. So there was seven of us from the age of one all the way up to the age of 14 that my mom passed away and left behind. She had chronic asthma. And back then in the early 60s, about 69, there wasn't a lot of good treatment for asthma. So she had been from been born and raised in the South in Florida. She moved to Cleveland, Ohio with my husband after with her with my father, her husband after they married, and being in the in the north under that weather with with brittly cold and wind and whatnot, it really had an adverse effect on her asthma to the degree that she would have flare-ups all the time and she would be in and out of the hospital. And I was told that there was one time that she went in and it was such a chronic flare-up and asthma attack that she did not make it back out so my dad was left alone to raise seven children of his own. But I smiled a little bit because soon after, maybe roughly two, three years after he met my mom, which I don't consider my stepmom, I consider her my mom because she raised me from a child from two years old all the way up through my entire life. 
So my dad met my mom. She took on all seven children as her own and reared us, adopted us. She became our mother. She was a stepmother. She was a mother. And she's since gone home to live with the Lord. But she and my dad were married over 50 plus years to a beautiful marriage in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they had one child of their own, my brother Gerald, which was our brother. We never considered him step or anything else. Our baby brother Gerald, well, he isn't a baby anymore. He's in his 40s. But we were eight of us and we were so close as a family and as siblings. My dad later on became an associate minister at a local Baptist church in Grand Rapids. Him having been raised by a father in Florida that pastored two churches in in Florida. And many of my dad's brothers were, were pastors and leaders in the church. So just came from a well-rounded Christian family. And to make a long story short, the Lord put in my heart to write a story about my family from when I was a little girl all the way up through going through high school, going through college, going through the seminary, obtaining three, four degrees, one being a PhD, the highest degree in the land that I'm grateful for. The Lord wants me to put all that in writing. I have so much information I have pictures, I have flyers, I have awards. I have memories that I'm going to put in the form of a book. Why? Because we've got to capture that legacy for my grandson. I have one precious grandson, Zachariah, and I am going to leave that legacy for him in the form of a book. I'm also going to write a second book, which is going to be about my relatives and our legacy in Penny Farms, Florida. Now, many of you have never heard, mostly probably never heard of Penny Farms, Florida. Well, Penny Farms, Florida is a little small town outside of Jacksonville, Florida and outside of Green Coast Springs, Florida. Many of the people in Penny Farms, Florida are my relatives. Both my biological mother and my father were reared in Penny Farms, Florida. My biological mother's father and my and my father's both both of their parents lived back to back across the yard from each other. So their houses kind of pitted each other. So they knew one another and they grew up in the same little rural town. We still have relatives that actually live in the town. My first cousin's husband is the mayor of the town. Our family church that has been there over the last 60 years, still standing and still pastored by my first cousin's husband there in Penny Farms, Florida. We've had many marriages at the church. We had many funerals at the church. We've had we've had family reunions at the church. We've had all types of things right there at our family church in Penny Farms, Florida, where we have a rich legacy. 
Now, no one has written a book that I know of about our rich heritage in Penny Farms, Florida. So I'm going to, as I always do, I pick my cousin's brains when I go down to Penny Farms and I write down information and I always say I'm going to do something with it. Well, now I really am going to take all that information that I have and I'm also going to be going back to Florida real soon and pick my cousin's brains and all this, especially the older generations and write down and get all the history. And I'm going to put it in the form of a book about Penny Farms, Florida. Penny Farms, Florida, you know, it was actually started by the gentleman that founded and owned J.C. Penney's department store. He actually founded this little town and it was named after him. In Penny Farms, there, there are two sections. Up on the upper part of Penny Farms are affluent Caucasian people that are retired professionals. And there's a retirement facility on this these grounds, and there are beautiful retirement homes on the grounds. There's a beautiful chapel, a beautiful dining hall, and a beautiful grounds with their own post office and a small country store with a beautiful lake there in the upper part of Penny Farms, Florida. Well, down below the that upper part, if you come down roughly three, four miles, that's where the African-Americans live. And many of the African-Americans, as I said, most all of them are my relatives. And they live in, a, in the area where they have beautiful homes. Well, they didn't start off with all these beautiful homes. I'd say 60 years back, they were small homes, just small stucco homes or wooden homes or flats that were all built by them. And they were a close, tight-knit community there. They've since prospered. Many of Some of their children have moved on, but many of them have not. And they built beautiful million-dollar homes from the ground up right there in Penny Farms, Florida, down from where the affluent Caucasians live, and then they live down at the bottom part. So these communities, they don't really come together, but they have town hall meetings, and the mayor, which is my first cousin's husband, goes and he facilitate some of the town hall meetings and sometimes they'll have parades throughout the community and they'll get together but it's a very wholesome quiet country loving close-knit community that I just love to go to my dad used to take us there every summer to visit our relatives which were like brothers and sisters to us and so my second book is going to actually be a rendition of my family and our entire family from the Penny Farms, Jacksonville, Green Coast Springs, and another little place is Penn Station, which they call Up on the Hill. It's gonna encompass all of that. Now, what I'm going to do is leave a legacy for my family with this book. 
And in doing so, I'm also going to, in my will, have it so that my grandson will have a copy of my dissertation. He'll have a copy of the book that I've written, The Color of Hope, African-American Mental Health in the Church. He'll have a box of my flashcards blooming with new coping skills, emotional regulation flashcards. My grandson will also have a copy of the Blooming with Hope Parenting Educational Manual, and he'll have a copy of my diplomas. He'll have all four of my diplomas that I'm going to put in a in a box, beautiful box, along with a beautiful letter written from me to him, along with some of my awards. And I'm going to have that put in a safe deposit box for my grandson, Zachariah. And when he becomes of age, or when the Lord calls me to glory, which won't be for a long time, he will be presented with this beautiful box of, of materials from his grandmother. He calls me Mama. I mean, he calls me Grandma. He calls his other grandmother Mama, but he calls me Grandma. He's very country. And so I'm going to give him all that information so that he can keep it and pass on to his kids, which will be my great grandkids. I'm going to leave a legacy for my grandson. I also want you to know, as I held up those products, that even though we won't be on air for the next 60 days, I still want you to support the ministry. In the description of the podcast, it tells where you can give a donation to the Emerging Hope Ministries. Your gifts will bless people not only in Kalamazoo, Michigan, not only in Michigan, not only in the United States, but all over the globe. So be sure to pour into the Emerging Hope Ministries generously. This is good ground. And also, be sure to continue to purchase our ministry products. As I held up, we have the Blooming with New Coping Skills emotionally regulation flashcards that I would like for you to purchase for your children ages 3 to 14. These flashcards will help them to learn how to deal with those really big emotions that they have, especially during the time that we just have gone through this pandemic and it has left people, especially our children, feeling very fragile emotionally. Well, these flashcards are available on Amazon and on the Emerging Hope Ministry website or through Etsy. Purchase several copies. They're not only for your children, but they're for counselors for the clients that you counsel. They're for youth group leaders. They're for your church group leaders. 
there for teachers. Anyone that cares about the emotional well-being of children, purchase a set of these cards. Get the cards, share them, and go over them with your children so that they can express themselves and they can actually learn how to handle those really big emotions that they will or have had. Just have a few birthdays and you'll see what I'm talking about. Also, they are culturally relevant. I made sure that our graphic designer included cultures from all over on these flashcards so that kids, especially black and brown kids, can see themselves on a product as well. And they'll be drawn to it because they'll say, mommy, daddy, these people look like me. If they can do it, I can do it. Also, I want you to continue to purchase the Color of Hope, African-American Mental Health in the Church book. This book is a book that was actually extracted from my dissertation that I wrote about four years ago. I wanted to make sure that the layperson was, would be able to benefit from my dissertation. And most people don't pick up a dissertation and read it. And so I was led by the Lord to extrapolate the information from that dissertation and put it in the form of a book. This book, The Color of Hope, is a must read, not just for the African-American church community, but for all people, all denominations, all ethnicities who are caregiving, caretakers, care receivers, and people that are diagnosed with a mental health diagnosis. People from all walks of life that are dealing with a family member, people that are teaching in school systems, people in our church bodies, people that are therapists, counselors, across all racial lines. You must get a copy of this book. This book is a guide, a guide that will assist our churches, our communities, and our organizations when supporting people that are diagnosed with mental health challenges, that are struggling with their emotions, and that need to be included and understood and built up. The Color of Hope, African-American Mental Health in the Church is available on Amazon, on the Emerging Hope Ministries website, or you can reach out to me, Dr. Pamela Robinson, at emerginghope at gmail.com and purchase several copies of this book. You won't be disappointed. Also, we have the Blooming with Hope Parenting Educational Manual. The Blooming with Hope Parenting Educational Manual. It's my third edition of this particular manual. I wrote the first edition back in 2002 when I became a single parent after being married 10 years to my first husband. 
I wrote the second edition in 2012 and the third edition last year. I thank and praise God that as the founder and the co-pastor of the Emerging Hope Family Strengthening Program, which is now the Emerging Hope Ministries, I was able to publish this book in its third edition after successfully being able to navigate the situation of being a single parent for roughly 20 plus years. I believe that all people, no matter what predicament you find yourself in, has a right to prosper and be in good health. I also believe that all youth deserve an opportunity to thrive. In this book, I cover a lot of ground about youth and dealing with systemic injustices and youth dealing with knowing their capacity, how to reach that capacity. In the book, I talk about my 25 plus years experience as a clinical social worker and as a pastoral theologian. In the book itself, it empowers people to learn about healing, restoration, and about how to focus on building yourself up from generational dysfunction. The book has several worksheets. It has, it has scenarios that are contained in the book. It has a chapter that talks about poverty is more than money. It has a chapter that talks about how to learn to trust and work with others that are different from yourself. It has a chapter that talks about breaking the cycle, breaking the cycle of poverty. It has a chapter that talks about how to share your faith with your children how to initiate difficult conversations with your children. It talks about what is it like to grow up in a healthy family compared to a dysfunctional family. It has an array of information about how to listen to your children. It has information contained in the book that talks about toxic family systems. It talks about how do we change from a toxic family system to a system that is non-toxic. It talks about the plight of a single parent home. The book covers an array of topics on parenting. I would invite you and encourage you to purchase this book. Not only is it a workbook, not only is it a book that contains of array of information on parenting. It also is a memoir of my journey as a single parent, as the Lord allowed me to successfully navigate that experience because he walked right beside me and he gave me a ministry out of it. The Lord took what the devil meant for evil and turned it around for good. 
the Lord has allowed me to publish three pertinent tools that will benefit you. And he allowed me to write a dissertation and to have that published on ProQuest, which is a national scholarly database. I thank and praise the Lord for all that he has done in my life and in my husband's life. He has allowed my husband to become a certified recovery coach for people that are struggling with substance abuse. He has allowed my husband to become an ordained elder. My husband has many years of experience as an associate pastor at churches in the greater Illinois area. He has many years of experience of working alongside people and coaching and leading them into full recovery with substance abuse, as well as with mental health and co-occurring conditions. My husband is a loving, gentle giant. And I thank and praise God that he is coming out with several tools during the sabbatical that will benefit you as well. Thank God that he has allowed us the opportunity to take a 60-day sabbatical. We will begin it once again on August 1st, which is tomorrow, and we will conclude on October 1st. Continue to pray for the Emerging Hope Ministries as we do the will of the Lord. God is so good to us, and he has blessed us tremendously, and he has prospered us tremendously, and he has made us to be a blessing to all that come in contact with us. Again, I am Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, bringing you greetings on behalf of my husband, the handsome, anointed, and appointed Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr., whom I've just celebrated 10 years of marital bliss with. I tell you, God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. Thank you for listening this evening to the Lotus Flower Podcast special announcement pertaining to our 60-day sabbatical. Remember that it is the flower that blooms in adversity that is the greatest of them all. That is a quote from Mulan, the motion picture. Be blessed and we will see you in 60 days. God bless you. Bye-bye for now.